This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I am Dana K. White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. I haven't said that in a while because I haven't blogged in a while. But anyway, (laughs) sometimes the old version of my intro just comes out. But hey, it's true. There are blogs over there. You can still go read them. Um, I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 355. And I think I'm going to call it giving up on perfect which is kind of self-explanatory, right? But you know me, I will continue to explain. Um, I do feel the need to mention my friend who used to call her blog Giving Up on Perfect. Her name is Mary Carver. I think it's marycarver.com now because she's, you know, she writes books and edits books and things. She's actually edited. She edited quite a few of my eBooks back in the day, uh, but she's great. And I just think about her when I say Giving Up on Perfect. So uh, what am I talking about? Well, like I said, it's self-explanatory, but it's something I've been thinking about lately because <laughs> I use the example a lot of perfectionism and how I don't necessarily think of this as a perfectionism issue because I am a perfectionist in other areas. And I will often give the example of my project brain and how I can put together a play, you know, because that was my, that's my area where I feel super duper competent, you know, like it's my thing and I can direct a play and I can have everything perfectly organized in that and then, you know, be driven to do it perfectly, to make it perfect. And then lately I've been thinking about how that isn't always true anymore. Like even in that area, I've kind of changed. So the example, the thing that made me think about this is, you know, I direct little things at my church. And um, one of the things we've been doing for the last couple of years is this kids program, which is not really my thing. But you know, my really close friend is the children's minister. And so she, she does all of the legwork. And she's like, can you just come in and do the Dana thing? Like just come into the rehearsals and you know, direct everybody and and make sure it looks good and all that. And I'm like, sure, I can do this. Kind of like my little compromise of I'm I'm doing this. I'm using the thing, the talents that I've been given that I'm I'm really is my thing. And and I, you know, whatever you know what I mean. But um, this year we have this lovely and super talented woman doing the main part. You know, and like I said, this is not a real play. It's more of like a production. And anyway, so she's doing the main part and she's amazing. Like she's 
really, really good. And she was a musical theater major in college, like a way bigger college than what I went to, you know, so she's, she's like talented and she's trained and I can see in her the struggle to like not have it be perfect, you know? And I mean, she's basically perfect. I mean, she's, you know, got her lines memorized like word for word and everything, something I haven't done in years. And so when I see, you know, we talk about this and I'm like, I think she probably thinks I am just kind of real, ah, it's fine, ah, ah, you know, which is so not how I was when I was her age and not how I would be on like real place, you know, but, but I can see in her the struggle of like, I am used to being, to doing like crazy good. And I don't want to, it sounds like I'm saying she's not doing crazy good. She is, but you know what I mean? I'm just seeing myself of 15 years ago, probably when I threw all of my energy into these types of things and had these incredibly high expectations, which I look back and I'm, I'm thankful for that. I mean, that was good. It, I, I, but I've changed, you know, <laughs> and there's this part of me, I'm just kind of have, I'm maybe an, an existential crisis. I feel like my words are not coming out well today, but like I've had this little kind of moment of like, Oh, have I, have I just really given up on this thing too? You know, like, am I, is this not my thing anymore? Am I not a good director anymore? Which I'm still fine. You know, like for what it is, it's fine. But I see, I I think it's that like, I guess I feel like if Rachel, you know, who was doing this part and being so great, you know, heard me say my little standard spiel of, you know, I can put, put a play together and it can be, and I strive for perfection in that area, blah, blah, blah. I think she'd be like, really? So it, it is just has made me think about that in general. And just this idea of giving up on perfect. And like, why is it that I do this now? I mean, I've had moments where I'm like, do I need to tell them that maybe I shouldn't do this anymore? And I'm like, I don't think that's what this is about. I think it's that, okay, I'm looking at this for what it is. And making it the best that it can be in the circumstances and the situation and the actually for what it is, you know, I I mean, I think there was an old me that would have looked at the same exact thing and driven myself absolutely crazy to make it perfect. But it's like, now I go, you know what, the energy of the room what it is with the kids and their parents and their playing games and all this kind of stuff. It's not a real play. And I need to embrace what it actually is, as opposed to turn it into something else, which sometimes defeats the purpose. Getting the most out of your grocery dollar can be challenging these days, to say the least. Having a focused plan for meals is the very best way that I have found to stay on budget. And that is why I love Prep Dish. Every week I receive an email from Prep Dish with a meal plan and grocery list already made for me and step-by-step instructions for the one hour prep session that sets me up for mealtime success all week long. And yes, I said one 
hour prep for a week's worth of dinners. That means I'm saving time as well as money. Choose from four meal plans to fit your eating style. Gluten-free, paleo, low carb, and super fast. I really, really like Prep Dish's super fast menus. So I don't have to turn to takeout or processed convenience foods to feed my family fast. It's a game changer for working moms. The founder, Allison, is offering listeners a free two-week trial to try it out. Check out prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for this amazing deal. Again, that's prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for your first two weeks free. This is a no brainer. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp Projects. So many projects. Taking care of all the things gets overwhelming. So when I get that feeling of overwhelm, I know I need to take steps to make my mental well-being a priority. Having someone to talk to, like a better help therapist, can really help. This time of year is always busy, but with my youngest child graduating from high school, we have lots of extra projects that need my attention. I know from experience that these are the times when it feels extra helpful and essential to talk through my emotions with my therapist. BetterHelp makes it easy to connect with a licensed therapist. The online platform simplifies the process. It's accessible and affordable. After answering a short questionnaire, you can choose whether you prefer to meet via phone call, video, or live chat, and you can plan your sessions at your convenience to suit your schedule. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash clean today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash clean. My new digital picture frame from Aura is honestly my new favorite thing. It is a beautiful frame that displays a new photo every 10 minutes. Y'all, I'm delighted every time I walk by my beautiful Aura frame. One frame, lots and lots of photos that I can enjoy. That is a great solution for what can be a clutter problem, right? So how does one frame show so many photos? Well, I preload photos onto the frame using a super simple app that Aura has. I have also shared the app with my kids so they can add photos to my frame anytime from wherever they are. Now that my kids are all traveling and moving to different cities, this is like a mama dream come true. So we are also loading up a frame with pictures for my mom for Mother's Day. It only took me two minutes to get started using my Aura app. You can upload an unlimited number of photos, invite others to share photos directly to your frame with no fees or memberships. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code clean at checkout to save terms and conditions apply. So anyway, it just has made me think about that and think about what has changed and how does that apply, obviously, to my house, because that's what y'all are here to talk about. You're not here to talk about the play, right? You're here because I talk about cleaning and organizing. And it's kind of like the cleaning and the organizing used to be a total and complete disaster for me because I had a project brain, because I took the same way that I approached these huge, overwhelming, daunting projects, like putting on a big play, I would take the way that I achieved perfection. Obviously there's never, never any real perfection, but you know what I mean? The way I achieved perfection in those, I would take that, apply it to my house. And my house was constantly a disaster because it flat out did not work in my house. That's not how house cleaning works. It is not something where you 
plan, 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 execute, 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 step back and you're done forever and you just should get applause and memories. You know, I mean, it's like it just goes on and on forever. So I've talked about that before in other podcasts about the project brain and how it was detrimental to the state of my home. But it's almost like I'm looking at the same thing from the other perspective now and say, okay, so my house improved when I didn't treat it that way. When I did not treat it like a project, when I said, I'm going to do what I can right now, knowing that I'm not going to completely make it perfect or I'm not going to finish all the way. I'm just going to do what I can. That's when my house changed. Like it went from constantly being a disaster to, okay, it's pretty much always under control. Like, I mean, it's not perfect by any means. If you show up and you didn't give me any warning, you're going to see some stuff that's going to make you think this person talks about this stuff all the time. What in the world? But 15 minutes and it's fine. Or, you know, eh, whatever. You know, I mean, like it, I've changed my mindset and my goal and my process because it wasn't working before. Okay. And it's almost like I've done a similar thing with the thing that I used to be like, okay, I'm going to make this perfect. I would make things harder than they needed to be for something like this, you know? And so I've adjusted down. It's almost like I've met in the middle and I'm this different person now, I guess, (laughs) which sometimes I'm glad for. And sometimes I'm not glad for. I think I'm having a midlife crisis as I speak into this microphone. Sorry about that. Um, But it's almost like I've realized, you know what? Not everything has to be done that way. Not every production has to have the perfect rehearsal schedule and all this kind of stuff. It's like, no, this is a different kind of play than that, you know? And, And it's either a choice of me saying, I don't get to use any of that part of my brain and my personality that I really love. And it makes me feel alive because I don't have the time or the capacity or the opportunity to do a huge full-scale dramatic production. But if I can let go of that intensity, then I can do stuff like this. You know, I can do stuff that's, it fulfills that need in me. It lets me kind of stay in this realm and enjoy this, but it's not what it used to be. So I feel like it's aging. I feel like it's that realizing, well, it was never going to be perfect anyway. So I'm going to get a lot farther or further, whatever down the road. If I give up on perfect, if I just give up on perfect and giving up on perfect is not the same thing as giving up. I think that is the, the thing I'm having to come to terms with and remind myself of is just because I'm giving up on it being perfect, giving up on this incredibly high standard that I always had, it's not giving up. In fact, that incredibly high standard in my home would backfire, right? Because I had this incredibly high standard, which mean, which meant that, which meant, sorry, which meant that I never got started. Because it was so incredibly daunting to look at the place where I was to the place where I thought I should be. And so giving up on that incredibly high standard got me into the place where I'm actually satisfied and happy with my home. 
And I'm telling you that as someone who also knows that you may not be able to give up on perfect until you've gotten a little bit further down the road. Okay. Like here's the thing. People will ask me often, they're like, okay, so what has changed about your house? And I'm always give my little spiel. I'm like, well, used to take me two weeks to have people over because I had to spend the first week moving all the clutter into the master bedroom because that was the door that had a lock on it. And then the second week was spent cleaning because I wasn't able to clean it all because there was stuff everywhere, you know? So it's like, that was where I was, where I am now is I can have people over. I mean, last night, as I'm recording this last night, we were supposed to get together with some friends. One of them ended up having a medical emergency, had to go to the emergency room. And so there was like five families and they said, Hey, we're so sorry. We had to go do this. We got to go to the hospital. Um, is there anybody else who'd be willing to, to host? And people who I know for a fact, their house is always cleaner than mine. were like, I can't, I've got Christmas decoration stuff all over the place. I can't do it. And I was like, Oh, I can do it. Like I, I can do that. Was the kitchen perfect? No, but you know, I had two hours notice and I actually had to leave and go to this rehearsal for this thing I was working on. Um, you know, so I was like, Hey honey, can you run the dishwasher and, you know, wipe down the counters or whatever. And so it, it partly is that I have made so many changes. Well, it's mostly because I've made changes. I have habits. We're never that behind on dishes. I don't have the number of dishes anymore. So that can't be out of control. Even if everything was dirty, it wouldn't be this crazy out of control thing. You know, I've decluttered so much that things just aren't out of, you know, so it, it, yes, our house is completely different, but my mindset has already, is also changed because my house has become so different. It has made me realize the value of having people over and putting more value on having people over than on my house being perfect. Okay. So it's like by giving up on perfect, then I had people over and then I started to see the value of having people over, which then helped me be willing to not have it be perfect. So what I'm saying, kind of like with the play, you know, it's like I learned the hard way. (laughs) I was like, There were several productions over the course of the years that didn't need to be as intense as I made them because I was determined to do them perfectly. And it was like, okay, well, I I have a choice. I can either not do them at all because I don't have the energy, the bandwidth, the um, capacity to do them to the intensity level that is my natural way of doing things. So I can either give give up on perfect or I can give up on doing this thing that feeds my soul. Okay. So it's partly, like I said, it's partly my age. I think part of that just kind of comes with, with age and, uh, I'm 48, about to be 49. I know a lot of you listening are older than that. A lot of you listening are younger than that. So I'm sure those of you who are older can tell me, mm-hmm, yep, yep. It gets more that way. Um, those of you who are younger, you know, you're going to have to figure this stuff out, right? I mean, hopefully, maybe because you listen to this podcast, you can get there a little quick, more quickly than I did. But, you know, it's partly because I, I did the frustrating thing. I decided it wasn't worth it. I failed at perfect and decided it was worth it. Like I tried something, didn't achieve perfect and decided, you know what? It was worth doing, even though I didn't get to perfection. So, 
Uh, Worrying about perfection meant I got less done. I just, I didn't start things because of that. I often got nothing done because I knew it wasn't possible, but I still wanted it. So I wanted perfection, but knew it wasn't possible. And that just froze me. That caused that decluttering paralysis or cleaning paralysis. Like one of the examples that I'd written in my little notes here, which you're thinking, really, she has notes today. This is one of those podcasts, y'all. I'm sorry. I got a lot going on. Um, oh, yeah. My coaching course has launched. I mean, it's December 1st today. So I'm recording this on Monday, but I am speaking the truth that as of the time that you're listening to this, it exists. And I'm so proud of it. I'm super excited. Um, Anyway, so yes, my Decluttering Coach training course is available. You can go to declutteringcoaches.com, find out how to become a coach and see where hopefully soon there will be coaches listed where if you need personal help, you'll be able to get that. But anyway, um, if you've thought about becoming a decluttering coach or a professional declutterer, this is how you can go about doing that and get certified. So anyway, um, declutteringcoaches.com. I'm really excited. But, you know, uh, talking about this podcast right here. I mean, this is a non-perfect pod loads now. I mean, what in the actual world? Not per episode. I know sometimes people think, you mean 12 million people listen to your podcast? No, no, no. I mean, it has been downloaded more than 12 million times over the years. Okay. Which is really good, by the way. Like it's, it is. I mean, like I'm super crazy proud of that, especially for a podcast that is so far from perfect. But the reason I have the podcast is because I made a conscious decision when I got started. So it was, I think, 2013, in August of 2013, almost 10 years ago, I knew I wanted to start the podcast because I just thought it sounded fun, right? And I had, the year before that, I had done YouTube videos every week and it was just, it was, first of all, I was doing YouTube videos And I was putting off doing decluttering because I didn't want to put makeup on. And I was like, okay, well, I can't do that. You know, so I, I had said, I I can't do that. Like I can't do this thing that's actually keeping me from decluttering when the whole purpose of what I was trying to do online was to keep myself on track to keep up with the decluttering. But anyway, so I had given up on doing the YouTube videos and because I had spent so much time on doing the editing on those, I made this decision. I said, I want to do a podcast, but I'm not going to edit it. I am going to talk into a microphone for 30-ish minutes every week and we'll see what happens. And I mean, if you've, a lot of you have listened to those very beginning episodes, which does make me cringe, right? And I said in them many times, I'm like, I'm not editing. I, I just, I, I can't. And the reason I didn't edit was because it was either put out an imperfect podcast or not make a podcast. Those were the only options. I knew I did not have the bandwidth to do this. Did it just drive me crazy sometimes? Yeah, but I did it. And now I am where I am. You know, I mean, like this has been a medium to reach a huge number of people and give them hope for their home. Like, like this has achieved the thing that I wanted to achieve, but I only did it because I gave up on perfect, right? Like I, I 
gave up on that idea and that giving up on perfect was what let me get started, which meant that a podcast existed, which meant there was something to build upon. Now I have an editor now and I do feel sorry for Rachel on this one. And she, you know, we, we talk about it and she knows I like to leave in the imperfections because that's part of it. I mean, that's part of hopefully my gift to you (laughs) is to see that it's better to go ahead and do something than it is to let this idea of perfection keep you from doing it at all, right? Getting the most out of your grocery dollar can be challenging these days, to say the least. Having a focused plan for meals is the very best way that I have found to stay on budget. And that is why I love Prep Dish. Every week, I receive an email from Prep Dish with a meal plan and grocery list already made for me and step-by-step instructions for the one-hour prep session that sets me up for mealtime success all week long. And yes, I said one hour prep for a week's worth of dinners. That means I'm saving time as well as money. Choose from four meal plans to fit your eating style. Gluten-free, paleo, low carb, and super fast. I really, really like Prep Dish's super fast menus. So I don't have to turn to takeout or processed convenience foods to feed my family fast. It's a game changer for working moms. The founder, Allison, is offering listeners a free two-week trial to try it out. Check out prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for this amazing deal. Again, that's prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for your first two weeks free. This is a no brainer. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. And so many times I've realized it really isn't as much about perfection. In some areas it is. Like I am super duper driven on the play thing, except for now and what I'm working on, which I talked about at the beginning. But in a lot of areas, it isn't as much about perfection as it is about comparison. And that is not helpful. Okay. The person who had to cancel having, you know, some friends over last night, their house is pretty much perfect. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. Like it's gorgeous, perfectly decorated for Christmas. Everything is adorable. Every corner is adorable. And I enjoy being there you know? And so my house, not perfect. My stairs, they're the first thing you see when you open the front door. Y'all, we've lived here over a year. They have been bare, uncarpeted, ugly stairs for over a year now. It is my goal that by the time my son gets home at the end of May, that the stairs will be done. Like that's my goal, but we'll see. We'll see if that happens or not. Um, But I've realized so many times that it's comparison. So and I'm, I'm sure I told this story before, but uh, when I first started blogging, <laughs> you know, okay. So when I first started blogging, I thought all blogs were about couponing because that was the thing I was into. That was the thing that caused me to even discover that blogs existed. You know, so I saw people were talking about couponing and everything. I didn't know that there were people who talked about decorating. Like I didn't know that at all until I kind of stumbled into it. Well, uh, I had found some 
link party, which is how we used to grow our blogs, you know, was like somebody who was a bigger blogger would say, hey, everybody write on this subject and link your blog up here. And that's how you would end up getting traffic and people following and stuff like that. So um, I participated in one that usually sent really, you know, really good traffic. And I was like, okay, this will be fun. This will be fun. And, um, and then they had a, Hey, show everybody your Christmas decorations. And I was like, Oh, that's fun. I love my Christmas decorations. Okay, cool. And so I posted mine on there and I thought I had some cute little things and nothing was fancy, but it was like, I put up my wizard of Oz collection in the, at Christmas only. Okay. Like that's how I justify this Wizard of Oz collection that people have, that I had been collecting things for and that my family members had been buying things for me for, for years. And I was like, I don't want to get, well, I'll put them out just at Christmas, you know? And so I had this Wizard of Oz collection, but it wasn't anything amazingly fancy, but I posted this blog post of my Christmas decorations on this link thing where I usually got great feedback, great, whatever. And I was getting, I got nothing. Like I can remember being excited to go see, you know, like, Oh, cause that was back when people like majorly commented on blogs. And I was like, I'm going to go see, you know, what people said, this is going to be great because, Oh, I'm, I was excited what I had shared. And I got nothing like nobody commented it to the point where I was like, okay, is my stuff really that embarrassing and bad. And then I started looking around at what other people were doing. And I saw, oh, well, yeah, if everybody else is showing, I mean, like magazine worthy stuff, well, of course, they're not going to comment on my Wizard of Oz collection that I was super proud of, right? I, I just, it honestly sent me for a couple years into being embarrassed of my Christmas decorating. And I still sometimes wish that I had a better eye for that kind of stuff for putting things out like that. But in the last several years, as my kids have gotten older and, and are able to verbalize the things that do mean something to them, I've realized that our Christmas decorations are fine. And I, it feels like it might be, oh, I don't want to do this because I just don't feel like I can get it to look perfect. But I think what it really is, is the feeling that I can't compare to what some other people can do who do have the eye for that. And I've just come to a point where I've just said, okay, this is going to be a conscious decision on my part. Do I know that there is something that's just not right about my mantle display? Yeah. I know it doesn't look great. I don't know why it doesn't look great. I don't know enough about design to know that. I don't care enough to go do the research and figure out the best proportional ways, you know, to do this, do these things. But everybody in my family looks at it and goes, Oh, that's so, yeah, I love that picture. You know, I have this picture of our family, a Christmas picture from years ago. That's one of my favorite ones. And, you know, so we look at it and we're like, Oh, this is so fun. Oh, okay. This is cool. This is great. And I'm like, it's achieving the purpose that I need it to achieve. Is it the same and as cool as other people's? No, it's not. So I remind myself, there is no perfect. There is no point in being perfect. I would rather have something meaningful put up there 
so that, because it is important to me, it's important to me to have Christmas decorations up. And there were years where I was letting this really get to me and bother me that I would put off putting up my Christmas decorations because I was like, but mine, mine aren't that good. Mine aren't that great. Mine aren't perfect. And so really what I was doing was just comparing and I was letting that keep me from actually doing this thing that, that gave me joy when I did it. I love my mantle because I love everything on it. I wish it didn't have that wonkiness that I can't figure out what makes it wonky. But if I didn't put that stuff up there, if I didn't put anything up there, if it wasn't Christmassy, I would feel sad when I looked at it, right? And so it's like, I'm giving up on that idea of perfection, which is actually comparison, all right? I said this before, but you know, giving up on perfect isn't the same thing as giving up. So a conversation that um, I had with some friends who also have older kids is, you know, we're like, okay, it's, it, there are control issues, right? You know, I mean, that's, they flare big time when your kids turn into adults and are making their own decisions and don't necessarily want my opinion on everything. <laughs> I don't know if they ever really wanted my opinion on everything, but you know what I mean? But you know, like they're, they're making their own decisions and sometimes they're different from what I would make for them back in the day when I got to make decisions for them. And, and we were like, you know, it feels it's this weird thing because I know that being controlling is not healthy. And so I've got to give up on control, but it sometimes feels like giving up on control is not caring. And that is where it feels like, but if I, if I stop controlling, which is really just stop worrying, because I don't have control anyway, if I stop worrying, is that me not caring? And so finding this balance of giving up on perfect and reminding myself that giving up on perfect is not giving up on caring because giving up on perfect achieves so much more. And that is caring. You know, I know this is not a parenting podcast and it never will be, but if being controlling, if worrying is hurting my relationship, then giving up on that improves our relationship. And so that's not not caring, right? Anyway, parenting older kids is hard. Parenting younger kids is hard. Parenting is just hard. Anyway, that's all I have to say about that. Um, I'm sure it's not. I'm sure I'll say more. So I think it's that not letting yourself think that if I don't obsess over perfection, that means I don't care. And reminding yourself that not obsessing over perfection will allow you to get something done, which then allows you to demonstrate and show how much you care, right? I think that's the That's one of those, and I'm literally just thinking of this as I'm talking, but you know, one of the things that's so hurtful for those of us who struggle with clutter is when someone sees a disastrous situation and makes the assumption and often makes the out loud statement, oh, well, they just must not care. And that was always so hard for me when my house was, was a disaster 
because I would hear statements like that, probably not made about my house because I just didn't let anybody see it. But I was like, I care. Like I totally care. And then my house looks like I don't care. And that disconnect, that it was just mind boggling to me. And I don't have anything profound to say. Like I think I was building up that I was going to say something super profound, except that, yeah, yeah, okay. Rachel is going to have so much fun editing this podcast. That's why Sharon's the big bucks. Anyway, (laughs) Um, another thing too is um, simplifying makes it easier to show that I care. Maybe that's what I'm going for here, right? Like when I simplify, that is not the same thing as giving up on perfect. Simplifying makes it easier for me to maintain and do things well and keep my house under control. All the things that I was thinking I had to be perfect in order to achieve. But instead, simplifying got me there, like just having less stuff, choosing which things I'm going to put my focus into, you know, choosing to say, I'm going to do this production that is so much less involved because it allows me to actually do a production, right? So I'm doing something much simpler and that is not the same as giving up, right? I mean, it ultimately takes me so much farther down the road or further. Y'all know. See, if I was perfect, I would already have figured it out. Somebody sent me something saying that there was a commercial that said, we go far, we go further so you can go farther. And in my brain, I still can't figure out what that means. Anyway. Okay. So, I mean, I do kind of, but, um, choose which things to say good enough about. Okay. If perfectionism is where you feel like, you know, if if there's certain things that you're driven for, okay, then say, okay, what other things can I acknowledge that treating this thing in that way is more harmful than helpful, right? Okay. And of course, all of these things can be solved when instead of making perfect the goal, I make better the goal. The word better is the thing, right? Like it is, it's the word that changes everything. There is no way to fail at better if I do anything at all. And so when I make better the goal, then you know, throwing away a piece of trash means I have been successful. I have achieved better by doing this one tiny thing. So, okay. I'm going to stop rambling now. Um, I just want to remind you that if you have ever thought about being a decluttering coach, this is the time y'all. There is a discount for those who sign up before the end of the year. There is a discount on your first year of certification. Okay. So there's not a discount on the course itself. And, you know, partly the, and it is $500. Okay. I'm just saying it. Um, and partly the reason is that I, I want people who are super serious about this. You know what I mean? Like I want, it's, it's a commitment. It's an investment, right? Okay. But if you sign up for the training course, which is $500 before the end of this year, 
December 31st, 2022. I have to say that because somebody's going to listen to this in the future. Um, if you sign up for the training course, then after you've been through the course, if you decide to be certified, there is a discount if you signed up before uh, the end of this year, 2022. Okay. All right. So go to declutteringcoaches.com to find out about that. And I will uh, talk to you all next week. Bye.